All right. Welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. They're fighting words, not fighting. You know how you can tell? There's no G on it. There's no G. There's an apostrophe. Mm-hmm. Fighting words. It's that replacement theology. Right. That's right. <clears throat> Replacing the S. So, why did I call the po- <laughs> making me laugh already? Um, why did I call the podcast that? Well, we're fighting for joy and whatever. Blah blah blah. It's not that complex. So, thanks for tuning in today. I have special guest Michael Van Wardhuizen. I used to call you Michael Van Wardhuizen. I know many of you maybe didn't catch the subtle difference there. Michael Van Wardhuizen is what I always called you because it's spelled V A N. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But then I heard you, I would listen to some of your preaching or MC spots, and you, you don't say Van Wardhuizen. No, I say Van Wardhuizen. I don't know if I said it the say way. Say it again? Michael Van Wardhuizen. There Van it is. Ward, it's, like Van, a, it's like V-I-N. It's a, it's a Venn diagram. E. Whichever. Van Wardhuizen. It's the mystery of the age. Yeah. So that's, that makes you Dutch. Yes, it does. Does that make you Dutch? I don't know. That's not true. If that technically makes me Dutch, you just happen have, to be Dutch. I it's, have some indicators of being Dutch. And it reveals it. What are the other name. indicators? Um, bland food. Bland food filled with butter and cheese. Mm. Um, lots of pastries. Uh, mm. The Dutch are known for their sweets. I think my Dutch family is anyway. And uh, I'm not that tall. I'm on the shorter end. But my family has a lot of height in it. It's so like Nephilim type stuff. Nephilim stuff, yeah. Like they're okay. definitely well, they weren't all wiped out. So. Multiple cubits. Um, yeah. I don't know how many, but a few. Before we continue with our nonsense, I should tell you what Michael does, who he is. He's one of our pastors, so many of you in the Cedar Falls campus obviously know Michael, and some of you in Cedar Rapids also. But he's one of our pastors, and he leads up a handful of things. Here, particularly Rise, and he also helps fill the pulpit. He's part of the pastoral team, blah, 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 lots of stuff. He and his wife lead a group together, and they are preparing to church plant um, mm-hmm. and head to Colorado sometime next, sometime next year and yep. all that. So maybe we'll revisit that. But anyway, that's who he is, in case you don't know. He's a good buddy. Yeah. Um, so what we were talking about, your Dutchness. So, oh, so in Ohio, there's a, a lot of Amish people. Yeah. And they're Dutch, I believe. Probably. There's like different types like, of Amish. But. Isn't that what it means to be Pennsylvania Dutch? Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that what that means? Uh, I don't know. I don't actually know what that but means. But anyway, we'd go. You got to go to Amish country and you got to try their food. And it was horrible. <laughs> it was unseasoned, steamed. Like everything was steamed. Yeah. Yeah. You steamed mm. turkey. I didn't know you could steam mm. turkey. And it was like, it was all homemade, but I don't care if it's made in your home. <laughs> Can you cook? Then don't make homemade stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'd rather go to McDonald's. Yeah. English food is also terrible. Mm. It's bland. All I've ever eaten of English food is fried food. Like, uh, I don't know. I assume this is actually English, but scotch eggs, which is basically just like deep fried meatball or something, I think. And then like fish and chips, of course. Which is fine. But look, here's my theory. People were willing to risk sailing off the edge of the earth (laughs) to get to (laughs) India. Yeah. So they could have flavored food. Flavored food. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. They were fleeing. They weren't mm-hmm. fleeing religious persecution. Mm. They were in, on the quest for dinner. Mm-hmm. And coffee maybe too, because they and drank then, tea. Right. Tea is garbage. Imagine the disappointment when you show up and it's Native American food. Mm. 
which is I don't know corn corn yeah that's probably roast good. bird roast bird some but, some bison intestine and it's fine but it's not it's not Thai food it's not Malaysian food mm. it's not Indian food it's not Vietnamese it's not Korean it's this is the stuff that makes the world go round mm-hmm. even Mediterranean food's overrated it's not exotic it's bland it's <laughs> <laughs> I like a gyro. Sometimes there's some good stuff, but it's pretty bland. Well, you got a kebab. Oh, I got a kebab. So you put your chicken on a stick? Yeah. It's okay, man. Like, I'm not sailing the ocean blue for this stuff, man. I think this is a- We got to go Asian, a, African, a, even African, East African, Somali. Now we're talking, man. Mm, didn't you eat a camel once? That's an exaggeration. Didn't eat a camel. <laughs> I'm so hungry I could eat a camel. Yeah. No, man. It is easier for the... I ate a part of a camel. Camel to fit through the eye of a Donovan. Yes. To, to <laughs> eat right. Dutch food. Hey, all things are possible with God. I ate a whole camel. I ate a whole camel. I passed through my needle. <laughs> <laughs> my phone is blowing up. Thank so, God. what's new? Okay, so, anyways, yeah. there's all the racist stuff out of the way. Um <clears throat> Something I Ow, noticed. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Something I just noticed about this podcast was I actually finally looked at the logo for the first time or the image, and I realized it's a boxing ring. Yeah, them's fighting words. It's fighting words with a cross. So for everybody who's listening and hasn't actually noticed that yet, go look. Take a look. You'll yeah. actually have your mind blown, and you might worship. Thanks to John Allen. John Allen. Yeah. Has basically single-handedly handled all the design and marketing or not marketing he's but design, the reason branding. redeemer church exists yeah so, yeah thanks good. john uh you've derailed me oh sorry okay so the racist stuff's out of the way actually no i have a question I've, i i like to ask uh white males how they steward their privilege mm. number one do you believe you have privilege male privilege i'm pretty certain of it okay pretty certain i've experienced that all right, let's back up, back up, back up. Define privilege. Um, I would say... I'm setting a trap, by the way. I'm sure you are. That's why I'm trying to think very carefully about this. Uh, privilege, let's see. Hmm. I would say it encompasses some form of opportunity meets cultural, dare I say, quote-unquote, right. That is written into... Uh, the way things are structured. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, some form of blend of those two things where, you know, I have an opportunity that others might not, but it's because maybe I've been given a right that others have not been given for some varied reasons and over the scope, scope of a really long time. That's my trying to be safe answer. Oh, right, or an opportunity. Good. Yeah, some blending of those How two things. How would you things. define privilege biblically? Hmm. Man, I would definitely say that it's received um, and not earned, but defining it. Kind of like your whiteness. Yes. Let me ask you, um, let let me come at the question from a different angle. When Jesus describes the things that we look at as privilege, for example, economic opportunity, Mm. power, Mm-hmm. Social status. Mm-hmm. Does he describe that as a privilege? Not necessarily, no. What no. does he, in fact, he describes it as? 
I'm not exactly sure what words you're looking for, but it's it's harder it's for harder for yeah, it's harder for a, a, it's harder. It's it's there's barriers, yeah. there are obstacles, there are things that we love instead of there there are things that we desire right. and find enjoyable. So the the point I'm making here is that which I still think it's fair to talk about economic privilege and what that but it's not that simple. Right. So I, I would propose that it would be fair to trade out the word blessed mm. in the Beatitudes with privileged. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, privileged are the meek, poor, poor. The meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, yeah. the persecuted. Yeah. I've definitely experienced that in various stages of life and can recall those and, um, yeah, where you're brought low, right? You feel lacking in the traditional sense of what we're talking about here where I'm not going hungry by any means, but I feel wanting of something like like joy. Yep. Because the things that I was finding my joy in have been removed. Um, things that weren't Jesus and Or piled on. Yeah. Yeah. So That's true. I wonder if well no. I believe that to a great extent the conversation isn't really being had because we don't know what privilege means. So it's kind of like we, to the extent that the church participates in this conversation and affirms the language, is mm. saying, yeah, Jesus, I know what you mean, but really privilege is economic opportunity. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. We have Bible, Bible, that's that's cute, Jesus. But really privilege is social status and power. Hmm. access to education hmm. that's real privilege jesus so hmm. so there's i'm not going to resolve that today i'm just going to throw that out there yeah that's interesting i haven't thought about it this way before i know it, yeah it's very... you've been buying into the, i told you i was setting a trap for you <laughs> yeah I, I my foot's caught yeah so by the way I'm one of the as, as you've seen one of my goals in this podcast is to discredit and disqualify our pastors so it's been done yeah See ya. so michael and his wife want to go to um <laughs> church plant and uh what i want to do is set you up such that by the time you leave everyone is happy mm. that'll right? take what like a week we'll have like a we'll have a going away party after you go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah when i'm no longer there when it's the real rejoicing that's can begin. right yeah. that's right so there's that Cast out. i don't want to spend too much time on this maybe we'll do this another time and um, we have time but I-, I mentioned it and uh so it's fair to Let's touch base on that. You feel called to go church plant. Yes. We believe in church planting. We Yes. Because if you don't plant churches, you won't have churches. Kind of right. like babies. If you don't make them, you won't have them. That's right. No storks. That's basically the main reason. You know, People think, well, we already have a bunch of churches. Well, they're going to die, just like people. And so yep. you have to keep planting. So uh, that's neither here nor there. That's the basic argument for church planting. We'd love to see one of my passions is to help young men um, – Identify young men, call to ministry, help them pursue that path, and whatever that might look like, church planting, worship leading, going overseas, like, because that, that was afforded to me, and um, I also see it biblically, that's what Jesus did with these guys, that's mm-hmm. what Paul did with Timothy, and so on and so forth, and, and so as part of that, getting to know you over the past several years, and watching you grow, and your gifts develop, you know, this passion for church planting 
has developed and yeah. has started to crystallize into what yeah. that might look like. So, yeah, give me the. I don't know. Just talk for a little bit about why and yeah. why. Yeah. So really, I'll be as brief as I can, and will just be brief. But um, really, church planting came after the call into ministry. I believe uh, different stages, different phases, if you will. Um, so the desire for ministry came shortly after becoming a Christian, probably within the first year or so, and that just formalized and and took on different shapes from youth ministry to pastoral ministry to um, just being a part of the body and serving and being a member of the church. That's when we first started coming to Redeemer was that was actually what God was calling us to do and was just work and greet at the door and be humbled and have discipleship and grow. Uh, Popped the bubble of my head um, at that point. And that then really opened up the opportunity and uh, the posture necessary for me to be submissive to the Lord and what I wanted to do with my life. And um, because I thought ministry was preaching Mm. and I learned a lot that that is just so, so not all of it, nor most of it. It's just a part of it. It's significant, but it's not near all of it. Um, And I didn't know what it meant to be a shepherd I didn't know that that was even a part of the job description. If you would have asked me then, I maybe would have said the word, but not have been able to articulate it. So all that to say, he, he's shaped it. Um, and all the way to getting to church planting, where um, I experienced a, a revelation, an internal audible word from the Lord. I believe that's what it was of him telling me, Michael, you're going to plant a church in Colorado. Um, and that was flabbergasting to me. And... Uh, that was three and a half years ago. Why and was that flabbergasting? Because one, I'd never experienced the Lord speak to me in that way. Um, so once I got over that initial shock, which was just so much joy, um, it was even more confounding because that that was digestible even. But what wasn't digestible is that he would say, Michael, you're going to plant a church because that was not what I thought I was capable of. And I still will find out if that's something I'm capable of. Yeah, I'm not, of. I'm not sure you're capable of that either. Yeah, we'll find out, right? Uh, I'm, I'll be back in three years after it fails. No. Um, but but that was what wasn't really digestible. It was more digestible to hear the voice of the Lord speak to me because it was real. But for him to tell me church planting, of all things, and and even in a place like Colorado, I was expecting like Kansas or something, if he was going to speak to me and tell me to go somewhere. Um, but that... That's what set it off. That's really, I mean, literally that was the beginning of a desire for church planning. Never was it a thought in my head that that was something I would do. That was around the time that Cole was being trained and ready to plant a church. And um, I was like, yeah, Cole's cut out for this. We're different people and I'll do something else. He's he's the church planner. I'll do something else. And so, so yeah, that, that set a trajectory of, I mean, it, you could call it a self-fulfilling prophecy if you wanted to, but it's the Lord... Uh, causing me to step into the stream of what he's doing and what he's calling us to. And he's formulated that and given lots of opportunity. And he just keeps giving piece by piece what we need to know, what we want to know, whether we're faithful in asking or he just gives it to us um, all the way down to a timeline, a rough, what we think is a timeline in the place. Um, so yep. Yeah. It's it's very much the Lord just, yeah. here you go, man. Have some fun with this. Yeah. And it's good. Trust me. Trust me. Yep. So stay tuned over the next uh, year. Um, you know, it's still a ways out, but we'll 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 talk more about it and, and really 
ramp that up and champion that as the time approaches. It's an exciting thing. It's also sad. I mean, we, I, Michael's on staff here, and Allie's wonderful. They're wonderful. That's why they're here. We, we, I do not want them to go. I do because it's God's call, and we can't clutch onto these things. We have to, we have to send. Here's the thing: when someone's called, they're going to leave anyway. So you might as well celebrate that and be a part of the joy end of that. But um, Michael and Allie have greatly impacted the body uh, here in Cedar Falls. They are loved, respected, delighted in. And so we're going to feel that, And uh, but it'll be good. It's from God, you know, and, and this is this is the biblical pattern. Hmm. You know, we've seen other people go out from our midst, the coal and the dikeys and the Powells and <clears throat> the Warfields, and we can name names, the Roths. Um, so it's what we do. So yeah. it'll be good. Um, so in light of that, you spent in the last... Uh, okay, how many years have you been at Redeemer? Since we started attending? Yeah. Uh, it'll be six years this fall. Holy cow, six years? 2013, fall of 2013, Oh, right? this campus is older than I thought. All right. Yeah, six years this fall is when we... Ooh, okay. When we started attending and... Okay, and yeah. when did you become a pastor slash come on staff? How long is that? Uh, 2017, January of 2017, I became I came on staff, and that was when I started my one-year residency as a okay. pastor, or candidacy, sorry, sure. candidacy as a pastor. So technically been an official pastor for like a year and a half, but been on All staff right. for two and a half. Okay, so a couple years in, in uh, on staff, and so what we're going to do today is I want to do a segment basically we call Frontlines, which is talking with not just pastors, but anyone who's, you know, on mission, so any Christian, and what does it look like on the front lines of mission? What are the opportunities? What are the challenges? What have you learned? What are you seeing? How is this gospel relevant? Um, what are the, the 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 celebrations? What are the trials? And so <clears throat> you definitely brought some notes, and uh, I want to be open to that. Um, I want to, uh, but I was thinking in terms of maybe, maybe hopping around some of the different um, responsibilities that you that you shoulder here yeah so you're part of the pastoral team yep. which means we we talk together we pray together we scheme together we plan together um it means also that uh, when then you you lead a, a group with your wife yep um you provide leadership on sunday mornings in in various ways preaching emceeing overseeing hospitality our kids, to some extent, yep. share that with Daniel Shared a bit. And you do some scheduling. I mean, there's a lot there. You and you lead Rise. Yep, that's a significant portion of that's the youth ministry, junior high and high school. So there's a nightly or weekly night where you get together and teach, and then there's also just tons of conversations that come outside of that. Absolutely. <gasps> yep. Excuse leading, me. Leading leaders and discipleship of students and facilitating yeah. that. And yeah. So when I let me ask, let me put it this way: when I Said this is what I like to talk about, and uh, what are some of, the, some of the immediate thoughts that just popped in your head when you said, "Man, I, I want to talk about this." Um, really, I like there's a few things that have been coming up lately in regards to I would say our group and with Rise and with the front lines of ministry. So, one of the things that the Lord has been teaching me is, quite simply, Michael needs to get out of the way. Uh, all the way to Colorado, all the way to Colorado. And honestly, like that's been a part of the process of teaching me, like, Michael, you're planning to go. So you need to be able to see things happen, even if you're not there. Um, but also just this groups, uh, 
shift that we've been functioning in and, and moving in of um, moving away from, yeah, identifying your pastors or the preacher as the priest or the group leader or whoever it might be, some specific person, but really we are um, a kingdom of priests and we are, we all have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So all that to say, on my group level, but even at Rise, it's just been a, a really strong conviction. And then we've been seeing, it's its early on, I would say, but we're seeing tidbits of the fruit and the fallout of me being okay with getting out of the way. That's really where it started because I'm, I'm the kind of guy that would relish in being somebody's priest because of ego or I like to talk, I like to be heard, all these things. But really it's, it's moving toward equipping. And, um, so what does that mean? What does that mean? Equipping, equipping. So a way that I heavily think about it is, um, as cheesy as it is. And what I tell the students a lot is they've got toolboxes and I want to give them tools to use, um, to help them grasp the Holy spirit is the one who brings revelation. The Holy spirit is the one who brings conviction. The Holy spirit is the one who does the real work, but I want to provide, I want to help them understand how to how to interact with scripture or what is what do we what are we really talking about when we're talking about prayer and like what is your and we talk about testimonies what is, what is your testimony like do you have a testimony and of the like testifying to the grace of god that you've received if you've received it like how do you how do you think through that what actually happened to you do you see the magnitude of that sort of thing and so equipping is a large part of how my brain thinks about it is is um, helping others do the work of the ministry, just like yeah. it says in Ephesians, right? Like equipping participate. It's participate, <clears throat> being a part of it, but it's not just, hey, watch me do this thing. It's, hey, you do this thing, and and right. And there's various ways of helping. And our church that. is doing that in different ways. But oh, we, yes. But we think that there's, uh, I know that there's ways that we, the broader evangelical church movement, as well as just Redeemer, has, um overemphasized the gift of teaching and preaching mm-hmm. into where it's almost like, well, that's 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 what... Even you even said when you pictured being a pastor, you're like, oh, it's oh, preaching. Oh, totally. Absolutely. By no means did I think it was listening. Right. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or weeping or uh, high-fiving when somebody has a, a sweet success or, or equipping. Right. Right. And letting them seek glory in their fight. Um, right. But well, and you know, the thing that we do on Sundays with the, <clears throat> with the sermons, I think it's good, but it's a, it's a unique thing that not everybody's called to. And is really even unique, maybe in some ways to this current culture, like mm-hmm. to get up and do a 35, 45, 55, 40 minute exp, you know, exposition with stories and it's impactful, or, you know, Lord willing. And someone goes, well, I can't teach the Bible then. It's like, well, that's not what it means to teach the Bible. That's no. one way to teach the Bible. But if we highlight that a lot, it can really right. you can see why people go, Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm called to that. But right. the Bible is written for everyone and um, all believers can understand it and mm-hmm. be taught by the Spirit and mm-hmm. help others understand. And so yeah, it's getting out of the way. How do we help them participate? Mm-hmm. How do we help so very practically that means like um, not being the one who's always teaching the lesson, you know, right. having and not even just having a sub, but really like what right. is it? anybody here can explain a scripture. Anybody here can, uh, you know, lead out in prayer. Anybody here can, you know, coach whatever they they've been learning and what 
So That's right. you got to practice. That's right. Can't just watch jujitsu videos. You got to right. get on the mat and roll. That's right. <clears throat> so that's a, a, a dominant theme. Yeah. Michael, it, get out of the way. Michael, get out of the way, man. Like you're, you're so why don't you just leave? So <laughs> let's talk about that. Okay. Cause you're like, yeah. you're overemphasizing it so much, you know, that people are like, <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Why are you here? Why is he here? He doesn't yeah, actually yeah. do anything. Yeah. I gotta go. I so felt what, like that one time at a rise night where I literally was sitting there because the kids were and the leaders were all having like silence and solitude alone time. Like we're working through prayer and like, and we're just like, well, we're going to practice this thing. And somebody says, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm waiting. Was it, was it the Holy Spirit? <laughs> nope. It, it was not the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe it was, but it wasn't. Through? Through a It was parent. a word of prophecy? It was a word of prophecy. Oh, through a parent? Through, through a, a parent. Because we were at a parent. We were at a house. We were at a student's house, parent's house, member's house. That's funny. So. I feel that sometimes at Rise because I'll, have, I'll still show up. Like if I don't have any responsibilities, one, just to be present. I got to take my kids anyway. I help set up. I listen in on the lesson and stuff like that. But sometimes parents start showing up. I'm sitting out in the hallway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're like, just waiting. What are you doing here? Well, I'm, I'm equipping the saints, bro. Like, yeah. Can't you see I'm interceding? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So get out of the way, Michael. Yeah, so why not oh, just yeah, yeah. leave? Oh, yeah, yeah. So why not just leave? Yeah, what are we talking about? Like, are you necessary? Not necessary, but do you have a role there or not? And like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, how do you think through that? Yeah. Um, I mean, so initially the progression is... It's still happening, but initially it was why don't I leave is because I was too sad to leave. I didn't want to leave. I, did, I for a long time, the sorrow of going. No, 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 no. Well, do you mean Colorado? In general. Or you, I just, so let me, let me clarify. Why not just get out of the way and like let them do the thing and like, Yeah, yeah, so the Holy Spirit's saying get out of the way. Okay, well then I'm not coming Sunday. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, um, well. I'm I, not, I'm he, not showing up at Rise Thursday. Hey, right. groups next week, I won't be there like. Well, wait a right. minute. Okay, so don't get out of the way. Well, yeah, right. get out of the way, but don't. Right, right, like, right, right. what is that? And so I think it's a it's a shaping of understanding role and responsibility and, and uh, gifting and um, I that go back to that word shepherd, right? Like, there's there's responsibility. There's leadership still. Um, getting out of the way isn't necessarily not doing is do, isn't doing nothing. It's it's. I mean, it can show up in a maybe varied ways, but it is, it's, it's equipping, it's, it's moving toward like creating space and creating rhythms and helping one and like having conversations and just like leading others toward it and talking after it, whatever that it is of, if the fight or if it's a group night or if it's rise. Um, but leadership is more than just talking out loud in front of everybody and and so evidently god's yep. still changing that in me from the last session last time of wanting to be a pastor but yeah so like we've, we've come up with the analogy of being a coach which is why we right. changed the name of our group leaders to coaches and that's really you know a coach picture someone who's coaching basketball he's there right he has a role and he knows he might even be the best player honestly you know, mm-hmm. some of them I, you probably were at some point. You know, Absolutely. Like, but some of them weren't, but they were great coaches. And so they're there. They're present. But what are they doing? They're not just like, Why, hey, watch me play basketball. Right. That would be dumb. Like, right. They no, have they, a perspective maybe that right. a player doesn't have, especially a new player or yeah. um, even a seasoned player. Maybe they have more of the same perspective as a coach, but they've, they're making plays. They're, they're setting it up. They're... Providing feedback, providing instruction, feedback opportunity instruction. to participate. Right. So anyway, that's the kind of the vision. We're not uh, obviously running on, on firing on all cylinders when it comes to that, <clears throat> uh, but I think it's a good direction that we are we're growing in. So get out of the way. All right. What yeah. else? 
Um, let's see. So with that has come a, an understanding of what my focus needs to be on in in regards to whether it's rise it's focusing on i've got other rise leaders who have a lot of gifts and abilities and and honing in on them so if it's so if i'm getting out of the way it's how do i focus on because my big focus so here's a silly example my big focus is tended toward being on students more than anybody else which is very good students are important heavily important but um you know when we started it's like six kids right so it's like this is really digestible we're at 20 to 25 kids whatever but but what i've learned from other youth ministries other organizations is focusing on your leaders so they can focus on the kids because i i can't focus on 20 25 kids well right. um and so uh so really like training up leaders that's a it's this it's this it's an extension of what we're already talking about but that is something that's that's in there um i would say another thing is uh student ministry has taught me not to assume things um all right all right it's taught me not to assume i mean really anything when it comes to the gospel why student ministry in particular um i think because I don't know. I mean, it's just it's my it's my main space. Sure, I that's think where you're teaching, working. Okay. It's where I'm thinking the heaviest. Like, so, what are the things maybe that you've assumed and that you? I've assumed faith. I've assumed understanding. What I've, do you mean, assumed faith? I've assumed that just because they're here means they're probably a Christian. And and you know what? Like we let's name names. <laughs> all of them. Oh <laughs> no. But it is a reality of like you you assume that what they're saying, if they say they're a Christian and they've experienced salvation in Jesus, you you say, Okay, well let's move forward with that. Let's talk more, let's 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 be together, let's work together. What's um, led you what were the experiences that led you to um be hesitant to assume? Um well one easy one is when you I have a thing called a discipleship application which is literally just trying to gauge interest of whether or not they're interested in... They being the students. They being the students, interested in spending time with, in a discipleship, intentional, formal format, like formal way of Mm -hmm. with an adult leader, Um, somebody who either serves at Rise or somebody that I recruit from the body, from Redeemer Church. Uh, And so on there, there's a lot of varied questions, uh, like put the gospel into your own words, tell me your testimony, have you ever been baptized... Uh, other other things, but those particular and are the, are you interested in discipleship? It's it's a it's a way for me to gauge where kids are at, but also like track if they're interested in in this, if they want more. Do you want more? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, you get people's testimonies, and some and so you you have to have a, a gauge. It's it's somewhat relative because when you're asking an eleven year old, you might get a very very different eleven year old who believes in Jesus might give a very different answer from a seventeen year old right. who believes in Jesus. There's just articulation. And personality and, and just like, you know, all those factors. And so, but, but just, but what about if you get a 17 year old who gives you the same kind of an answer that 11 year old gets, maybe it, it causes me to think in such a way like, okay, they didn't really extrapolate on anything. You know, maybe they just said the thing. Um, right. And so it's, it comes down to language. It comes down to 
follow and then follow up questions because I've actually gotten to sit with some of them before, uh, especially the the guys uh, specifically. Um, but but then also just when we're when we're engaging in dialogue on a Wednesday night, uh, hearing answers and and trying to gauge like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you understand grace? Right. Do you understand that you didn't do anything to get this? And and it's varied. And honestly, what's extra confusing is some nights I swear somebody gets it, and then the next another night I'm like, I don't know if you get it. It's the same sort of thing. But so what's striking me is that you're basically describing my interaction with my elders. <laughs> so yeah, I get it, man. So that's the thing is it's actually not unique in well, the sense, but there is but there is a juvenile aspect there of like ad- right. adolescent or like just the just articulation. Like. Well, we know, like, I think this is also informed by knowing that the majority of the kids in our youth group grew up in the church. Right. I mean, are growing up in the church mm-hmm. and are being taught. And we know that historically that does not mean right. 100% of them actually believe or will believe. That's right. And I don't know what the percentage is, and there isn't. I mean, God knows it. Right. Um, so it would be naive Right to just assume because they're because they're operating within a cultural structure Absolutely. that there's something genuine. Now you don't want to come and say, "Well, you're probably not really a believer." Da da da. That's not what you're doing, but you're just digging it. Oh, talk yes. to me more about digging. that. And why is that? And yeah. and and forcing them to really appropriate this to themselves, and and uh, and time will sift that out. That's you know, right. They'll either take deeper root, or they'll get saved, or they'll realize I actually don't want this. You know, right. and, and maybe that'll change later. And that's one of the sweet things of doing this. This is our second year of take, having these applications, and I want every student to fill it out. Um, if even if they don't want to be in a discipleship relationship, because I just want to know, man. Like even if they're believers from the moment they step into our ministry, I want to know how they articulate the gospel, and I want to see that change. You know, I want to log this stuff, and I've and I've logged it the two times we've done it now. You know what I mean? I want to see how they how they see the grace that they've received, and how they articulate that, and how it changes as they get older in their testimony, but even just like articulating the gospel. Um, but so, but g- going back to like, yeah, just because you're around in in a church doesn't mean you're. I mean, that's my story. That's my whole testimony. Is is I was Christian school church three times a week kind of kid, but I didn't get saved till I was 19 at you and I after falling You had to leave the church. I had to leave the church to Whoa. get saved. But the, but, but, Whoa. That's because it was Dutch Reformed. No, it wasn't. It was bland. It wasn't Dutch Reformed. It was just Reformed. Oh. It was good. I was taught good stuff. I really was because my testimony then includes like once I finally did get saved, there's a season of life where I thought, man, I never heard the gospel growing up. But sure. then as I got older and matured a little bit and calmed down... I'd go back home and I'd hear it and be like, yeah, they're preaching the gospel right. left and right. It's just a little boring. You know, he's not he's not animated or it's him with an organ and piano, so I wasn't interested. But now it's like, this is sweet and there's faithful people right. all around me. And You can and see the essence of what they're absolutely, doing. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. And all the stuff that I was taught is like a dam broke when I got saved. And it's like, man, I've, I've heard this before. I've read this before. I like I just got washed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. saturated by the word that I'd, I'd been soaking in yeah. for my whole life and then once revelation happened i could see it once fertile was, soil yes Ugh. yeah and so that's where it's like praise god for opportunities to share stuff with students even if they don't get it and pray that they do get it sooner rather than later but trusting the the spirit to give growth so let me ask you this 
it's become apparent to me that the parents of Rise really, really like you. Why is that, Michael? <laughs> what, what is so great about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's because here of we go. Just really, everything about me. Well, uh, I mean, it's not the no, beard, it's no, not your looks, no. it's not your charm, it's not your humor, it's not your articulation. It's I think not there's your, a heavy level. It's not your height. It's not. Yeah, I'm I mean, there's nothing I can see. I'm not that tall. I'm not that good looking. Um. Yeah, I. I mean, honestly, I think the if I can actually answer this question in any you way, can. I think it's they know me. Yeah. And they trust me. Yeah. They, they've gotten to know me. Like we've been in the slow game. I mean, six years is plenty, but it's really even not that long. But Oh, it's good. Well, four yeah. years by the time we three and a half, four years when we started this thing, but yeah, they we've built relationship and yep. that's incredibly helpful. And I'd say I'm not always rude or a jerk <laughs> to everyone. A, so you got you low know, hopes. I'm, I'm not I'm not the <clears throat> the meanest person in the room all the time, so that helps. But well, and I think I might even be a nice person sometimes, right? Yeah. Oh, and I would add that um well, I think you're operating where you're called to be operating right now, and and the, the kids respond to that, and the parents, they um, they see that, and they that gives them joy, you yeah. know, that their kids, mm-hmm. they they love that you are caring for their kids, yeah, and you genuinely are. You like them, you teach them well, you're careful with them, you have fun with yeah. them, and they can see that. And what parents not going to delight in that? Yeah. So that's part of it. Yeah. So anyway, true. that was a weird way to ask a. Weird question. <laughs> I'm just glad I thought of something to say. Okay, let me ask you this. So the – all right, so you're hanging around all these kids. Um, what concerns do you have hmm. for this particular – I mean, the youth today. Let's put it that way. You know, it's really kids. broad. These kids. But, but yeah, like yeah. When, when you look at these kids and you oh, just man. go, man, how – what burdens me for them? Besides, you know, them getting saved. Okay, let's assume mm. they're all saved. But just like the things that they fear, the things that they focus on, the things they think are important, like where do they need breakthrough? Mm. So it's an interesting thing because as I've gotten to actually spend time with these kids consistently and then I get to – then I pop in elsewhere or I just, you know, look at other – just look around. Sure. And you just look around. We've got some unique kids like – where they've got a lot of the same issues and problems as anybody else and the same challenges that they're going to face. But man, like it's, it's actually startling to see the differences in, in the way they respond to some of the challenges. And so like by that, I mean, um, things that are, are, they're being faced with, I mean, you could just go, classic it's like it's a social media age it's everybody's got a phone everybody's got access 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 all this stuff um but the way they respond to it it's interesting because it's almost as if what it seems like is a is an airing toward the side of be good as opposed to i'm just gonna do whatever i want and so so uh, i mean when i think of this like a burden is is understanding is understanding grace that gives righteousness not their actions that give righteousness. I don't know if that's actually answering your question, but I think that's something that definitely comes to my mind is like our, our kids, they, yeah, need, yeah, yeah. they need to see that it doesn't like 
like this concept that, that they're not good. They're, they're just not good. Like we've talked about this. We did a series on don't waste your life and I just ripped oh. John Piper. I mean, literally just stole everything. It was nothing unique. I don't know why you give me a job, but, but we talked well, about I, this. I need someone to read Piper to people. Yeah. And, and so basically I just, that's what that. I do. But it was, don't, it's not about just being good and not being bad. Like there's, it's more than that. Worship, it's worship, worship. That's right. And so, so if, let me, can I kind of rehash on what you're saying and bring a little focus to that, which is, um, because of, uh, some of the attention and care, we have a lot of homeschool kids, totally. not all of them, but we do. It's become a culture and FYI, that's not a rule at our church. I mean, some of our <laughs> elders kids don't homeschool like, but it's just an inevitable cultural, like snowball that happens you know and it starts to that's who you know and that's who you invite and that's what and then people think that's what's expected and blah 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 so but technically we don't have a rule for that uh my kid do, do, one of our, my kids dual enrolls he's at the public school part of the time blah 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 so there's all that but we do have a strong homeschool component and generally that means that they've just got a lot of attention they haven't yeah. been it's the opposite of being raised on your own on the streets you know what i mean right. and so so inevitably that privilege mm, mm-hmm um, means that they're, as a whole, generally just a little less given over to the real volatile stuff, right? The drug addiction, the sexual activity, mm-hmm. the violence, right? right. The, the rampant. Now, there's things, there's little things that happen and, and maybe stuff we don't see and it'll come to surface later and all that, but as a whole, you know, yeah. no one's walking in and going, wow, look at these kids, at-risk kids. Right. They're not being called at-risk kids. They're not. Right. They are at risk, though, is what you're saying, right? Of self being perceived as yeah. good, maybe yeah. thinking that they're better than other kids, yeah. Lacking maybe some of the, you know, Jesus said the sinners and the tax collectors, and prostitutes get into heaven before the Pharisees. Yeah. Why? Because they can see, yeah, they can and see their sin. And that's really something that, honestly, like God's been showing me is like, okay, Michael busting the bubble of of what perceived righteousness and so like so basically you just degrade them i degrade them i scream i yell and scream at them shame them shame them yeah good yeah lots of guilt no but their parents are coddling them you need to shame them (laughs) you need to be the bully that they run home yeah to yeah their parents from i'll just be the bad guy but you know we we i i know that there's still a, a propensity, like an, a possibility, and even the reality that we've got girls who have body image issues. Yes, this doesn't go away. Right, we've got boys, maybe and girls, who are dealing with lust in right. their hearts and and facing pornography and all this stuff. So I'll share a quick story about this. Like, so we did a sex series this winter. We spent a lot of time talking through sex and just the the na- like, why does it exist? Why is it so demonized and or idolized? You know, if it's demonized in the church, it's idolized. It's because it's idolized in the culture and all this stuff. But we got to a point where we split up guys, girls, teaching through some stuff. Um, the shortest version of all this is, I had a room full of dudes who confessed the reality that they didn't realize how deep lust actually went. Like they didn't realize the magnitude of what we meant when we're talking about lust. So like. Like literally just what Jesus is saying, like if you, in your heart, like the heart level, like they're thinking in their heads, as long as I don't do anything, it's fine. Right. But this is, it's a heart level. I mean, it's nothing new. Like it's, it's, they're not exempt. Um, 
but that was a that was a I thought that was a sweet win where they were they were broken by it too. Right. You know what I mean? Because they're realizing like I'm not I'm not exempt from this. That's right. I'm not a good person. <laughs> I'm not a good person. Like they're they're striving. They're fighting. I I I think I think that. But but they're realizing like oh my goodness, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need grace. I need I need help. Yeah. And and that was that's an example of yeah man like. I hope I can pop some bubbles for them of like, you need Jesus, even though you're yep. hearing this stuff week after week and your parents are even teaching it to you or, you know, you're fleeing sin and temptation in various ways even. But we need grace. We need Jesus. We need help. Yeah. What's well, grace that empowers that, grace that forgives that. It's good. Yeah. Um, let's change directions here. We, I like to keep these things under an hour where we're pushing 45. Mm. Um, I know you got notes on notes, but we can... Uh, we can, well, there'll be more time. Um, what's the second most important thing you have written on your notes, Michael? Blow our minds. Um, man. Something that God's really been convicting me of is the difference between people and projects. Um, which something that I have no idea what you're talking about. So so please. Yeah. So, uh, you can, I can tend to treat people as if they are just lines, check boxes. So, so moving towards somebody, whether they know Jesus or not, um, this has really come along in, in, uh, with, in relationships with people I don't, that don't know Jesus. All right. Um, and so, uh, this is, God's been showing me like how to actually care for them as human beings made in the image of God who have eternal souls as opposed to, well, I did my due diligence with this person and uh, I, I invited them over or I went to the park with them or um, whatever else it might be, like a project, like, okay, I fixed the thing or I, um, I was efficient with it. Um, I'm not shooting for efficiency when I'm spending time with people. I'm, I'm, I want to, I want as to, in, you know, as in, it sounds like you're saying there was maybe a, one of the manifestations of that temptation or sin was that, that you could kind of do the bare minimum. Hey, yeah, I need absolutely. to be on mission. Hey, I was on mission. I That's had a, right. I did it exactly right. did a, so, so it's like, even that gets out to me trying to earn my own righteousness and everything. Like I did what I was supposed to do. Come on, like cut me some slack. I did, I did it. Um, and so God's really been changing Allie and I both in this of like, we, we've in various times and various seasons have wanted to move toward people who don't know Jesus. Uh, but it's hard because people are hard. Uh, people are, are difficult because people are messy and, and they can ruin your lives in various smaller, large ways. But, but net, like recently God has given us some people that we genuinely love like, and they just don't know Jesus and we love them. And I feel like this is a, uh, that's the difference maker. Yes. And it's, this is like, okay, have you ever read the new Testament? Great. Like love your neighbor, love, like the way of love, walking in love, like moving toward outsiders, all this stuff. But like, I find, like I, I finally have that with somebody and I'm like, I really, really, really want to know these people and I want them to know Jesus and I'm willing to be more bold with them. And, uh, cause when I was, thinking about the front lines of just the rest of life, like not on the quote unquote clock. It's 
that's what I'm thinking of this, these particular people that, that don't know Jesus. And there's been a difference. Like before it's always been like, well, they need something and I'll help satisfy that need. But man, they're a nuisance or they're a burden or Mm. something like that because they want more from me. And so Mm. far these people don't really want much from me other than to spend time with us. And we like spending time with them. So God, I feel like is just teeing us up for some easy win maybe, or just some joy. Maybe, you know, we want them to know Jesus, but, um, and so it really feels like God is illuminating, like, dude, you need to ask me for help to actually love these people. And that includes Redeemer Church. That includes the random people you meet and the people that you build relationships with that don't know Jesus or do know Jesus, whatever. But it's just giving a rip about people, um, actually. And I just don't have the capacity to do that on my own. I need, I need intervention. I need help. And he's been giving that and it's blowing my mind. <laughs> That's good. It's just blowing my mind. Let me let me ask one final question. Yeah. How has Allie impacted you? Um, not just as a man and a husband, like, but like particularly in ministry. How does her because sometimes people are like, Well, where are the women in ministry? Well, mm. we actually have about half our leaders are women. Now I know our most visible leadership is male and I can talk about that later and why that is. Um, but but we the women maximize our ministries. Mm-hmm. Allie, how does Allie maximize your ministry? And it's her ministry too, but you know what right. I mean. How does Mac Allie maximize your your plural ministry? Yeah. I would say I mean I mean she's literally doing a lot of the same things that I'm actually doing. <laughs> it's like Right. She just doesn't get any credit. So there's more labor. So she's literally laboring alongside me. Like a lot of the people we spend time with are couples or if it's students, like she's spending time with yeah, female students, um, um, and so like so that's a huge thing. Sure, she actually like she's doing it too. But the re- I think the reason she's doing it is because she affirms, uh, well, she believes that this is worthwhile, mm-hmm. and because she believes it's worthwhile, <clears throat> and she sees the calling that God has placed. Not it's not just a calling on my life, like when we're talking about church planning or any of this stuff. Like it's a calling on our lives. Like yep. we are united in this, and so like. She bends over backwards supporting this, whether it's through being a part of Rise. She's a volunteer at Rise and, mm-hmm. like, and is either wrangling our kids or we're finding somebody to take care of our kids or the parents are helping like by just taking our kids. Um, but she is championing this. And oftentimes she's actually, she's teaching me things and I'm like, oh, that's really good. I'm going to teach on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's literally just, she's, she's, I swear, she's just more faithful and she's more kind and um, more loving toward people in most ways that I see and admire and the Holy Spirit convicts me of. And she, this is so, so cheesy and we could, you could, whatever, but it's so important. She prays for me. Mm. I mean, honestly, man, like she literally intercedes for me in ways that I haven't, I mean, I don't even know the half of it, but she'll tell me, Michael, I've been praying for you for that for like the last six months and finally it happened. Yeah. And, and so like, well, I could see how being married to you would drive someone to prayer. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. She's probably the most prayerful woman. Absolutely. In the church. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably praying right now mm. because we're doing this and she's fearful. Yeah. <laughs> What's he going to say? Oh God. Yeah. How does her femininity per- per- particularly like, by that, I mean like, you know, the tendencies and not all men and women are the same, but there's tendencies. Women can tend to be more mm-hmm. intuitive relationally. Mm-hmm. They can tend to be more sensitive and empathetic. Oh, yeah. Um, they can tend to have 
discernment in ways sociologically, I think, that we just, like, overlook? Like, I mean, there's a lot yeah, that yeah. I could say, like... So over the course of this whole conversation, we've talked about, like, Michael shutting up and getting out of the way. Like, she's really good at listening and, like, and like you said, empathizing with people and drawing them out and asking questions. Whereas I'm like, oh, here's your problem. Let's just fix sure. it real, real quick. You know, it's 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 so classic. Uh, yeah, I'm a classic male, in that. But at this, but like she is, she is kind and sensitive to need, and she's aware. Like I'm just I'm like speedboating along. Yeah, and she's she's on a paddleboard or something, just taking it in, and <laughs> and yeah. yeah. Well, and let me let me add. Here's what I see from afar. I don't I don't know you guys terribly well, but from interacting with you a bit and just hearing you talk about your stories, is that she also will get masculine on you, dude. Oh my gosh! You know what I, <laughs> what I mean is that she will. She's trash. She'll talk to you like dude. she she's not just a well. I'm just a passive doormat, and yes. Michael's in charge. And I'm just going to shut up. Like she'll confront you, challenge you in a loving, gracious Absolutely. way. It seems and um and and uh. Uh oh, that's not supposed to be happening. Don't do that to me. That's all right, folks. These things happen sometimes. Hmm. Um, so, how does your wife get masculine on you, Michael? So we were just talking about this the other day because so I I officiated a wedding for a friend this weekend. So we were going through Ephesians five and um, you know wives be submissive to your husbands and husband love your wife and all this stuff and just seeing different things. But we were talking about this and she was. Man, like, it was as if she was wrestling with whether or not she was actually, you know, honoring me. Mm. And I'm like, Allie, if you don't feel like you're honoring me, I think that's a, most of the time, maybe that happens in your head, but out loud that that n- almost never happens, even when you're confronting me on things. Because that's, that's more frequent than I ever care to admit because I'm just wrong. Like, I just am a human being who's wrong. But she... um we were talking through this and, and how her coming to me about my sin and my, uh, or my lack of leadership, because I am a passive male um, in a lot of the ways that any, yeah, in a lot of ways. And I was affirming her and saying, you coming to me with these things is not lacking, quote unquote, submission. Mm. You are being the voice of reason and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Gosh, we need to talk a lot more about this. Because because she really was like, dude, the number of times I've been brought to borderline tears because I don't cry, um, because of the conviction that she, the Spirit has brought from her words. Mm. It's, 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 I can't count it. Yeah, I, it's it, maximizing. It's so heavy, man. And, and so what was happening there is I think she was believing a lie or she was being sold something, or she was just wrestling with something of like, man, I'm not actually honoring my husband. I'm not loving him well. I should just be quieter. And it's like, no, I don't need you to be quieter. I need you to speak up in this regard. Yeah. Because what she's when she speaks up, she's lovingly right. speaking up, and she's kindly pointing me to Jesus. Yeah. She's, she's not, saying, you are the man to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she's drawing me to repentance yep. in this way. And so it's that's that's been insane. Um that's good. Maybe on the receiving end. Yeah. Yeah. So we just want to give a little peek into that. I want to talk more about this. I, I was, I'm trying to convince my wife to do the podcast with me. So we'll see. Um, but I want to get some uh, female voices on here and uh, just get, get some more perspective on some of this stuff. So um, 
Michael, thank you. Yeah. I hope this has been uh, helpful for you folks out there. As always, I'm open to topic ideas or just particular questions you have about anything. We would love to address those. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and that's it. Have Sweet. a good week. Bye-bye. Reach out.